Baylor men's basketball got beat by Iowa State. And when I say beat, I mean like beat, like killed, like not close, like not good, like bad. This is Locked on Baylor. You are Locked on Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to Locked On Baylor. I'm your host. I'm your host. I don't think I've ever said that before. I'm your host, Drake Tolp, and Sports Illustrated's Inside the Bears, thanking you for making Locked On Baylor your first listen every single day. I want to start by let's let's take care of some clerical stuff that I feel like I've not done a very good job at recently. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. New Year, by the way. It's not Happy New Year's, apparently. I'm a big Happy New Year's guy, I've realized, which is, I guess there's like a big controversy over that. If you're a Happy New Year's person, apparently you're uneducated, so I've had to change mine to Happy New Year. So that, I, I wish that to you. I hope you had a lot of fun times with family, a, a safe fun times with family, and I hope that those fun times with family overshadowed the unfun time of being a Baylor fan for this week. There are ebbs and flows of every sports program in America. This is an ebb of Baylor athletics from football to basketball to the question marks around the other athletics teams in the in the program. Uh, look. Good job to Baylor women's basketball. They won by a lot of points against TCU. Huh? The Frogs didn't win everything this weekend. Baylor women's basketball took care of business. Nikki Collin, a really good win for her. Congratulations to them. I am happy for them, but very upset with the Baylor the way that Baylor men's basketball played. Also understanding that TCU played in the college football playoff that night. They had just knocked off a really good Texas Tech team in basketball. I wanted to be happy with a Baylor win and then TCU to be sad, and it didn't happen. We'll get more into tomorrow's show into how to feel about TCU, their college football playoff success, and all of that. But today it is basketball and it is sad. I don't, I I don't, I've started to realize as I turn the page, you know what, more clerical stuff. Thank you for a great, <laughs> for a great 2022, um, 300,000 listens and uh, over 100,000 unique listeners too. So a lot of new people that have come across the show just since March. And as a college kid, I I couldn't be more blessed by that. I, I actually got emotional the other day thinking about how cool it's been to be on this ride with all of you and all those Baylor fans, whether you love me, hate me, love the show or hate the show, at least you're watching and at least you're there. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you for making the year a great year. We're in the top 5% of all podcasts that exist through 173 shows. We're going to keep on trucking in 2023. And hopefully Baylor men's basketball keeps on trucking in 2023 because that was just bad um the the iowa state men's basketball program under tj otzelberger is good baylor didn't just lose to some scrubs see you later this was going to happen anyway it's it's a good iowa state team and i don't think that helps me very much at all actually i i'm gonna i want to go through the rest of the big 12 too at some point in the show because kansas was down by 15 at allen Fieldhouse at halftime they beat oklahoma state tech Coming back game 70 to 69 and Norman TCU, like I already mentioned, beat Texas Tech by six, one of the other ranked teams in the Big 12, getting a comeback win against the Red Raiders. And then Kansas State takes number 24 West Virginia to overtime and beats them. I think all this is indicative of how good the Big 12 is, but there was one blowout. One blowout on the week, and it was your Baylor Bears at Hilton Coliseum against Iowa State. This game was 
almost, I don't want to say non-competitive early, but it, it, it was in Baylor's favor because Iowa State didn't know what to do with Adam Flagler. Flagler scored what, like 12 of the first 13, 14 points for Baylor in this game. And there was a point where the Bears led by nine early. You could feel like I started to question, is the crowd at Hilton just not very good because it doesn't sound like anybody's there. Baylor sucked all the energy out of the complex, what felt like all the energy out of Iowa State. And if you didn't watch the game and just check the box score, you're like, oh, Baylor's up by nine. Sweet. The number 12 team in the country is going to roll over an unranked opponent where the Bears have had a lot of success against Iowa State in the last couple of seasons. So there's a point here where I really thought Baylor had this game not on lock, but early at least I felt comfortable and confident. Um, but that nine-point lead quickly turned into a double-digit deficit. Now, not by halftime. By half, Baylor was still well within the ball game at 34 to 31, but Iowa State had clearly marched back. From the time that it was 29 to 20 Baylor, then 31 to 34 Iowa State. That is a 14 to 2 swing where the Cyclones going into the half took a huge advantage over the Bears. If you want a bad number, like I always have talked about how, and it's a Matt Rule thing too. He kind of instilled this in me, how the middle section of the game matters so much. The end of the first half in basketball, in football, in pretty much every sport, the beginning of the second half is where the game is typically won or lost. And it's exactly where the Bears lost this game. This is maybe the craziest stat of, of all of it to me. From the 649 mark, six minutes and 49 seconds left in the first half, Josh Oshinwuna goes down with a dunk. Baylor leads the game 27 to 18, 649 mark. For the remainder of the first half, almost seven minutes, Baylor would make one field goal. That is right, one field goal. I, I don't want to like completely rain on this parade because I get it. It's a Monday. The holidays just ended. What is there to be happy for? But I, I there's, there's a lot of rain in this parade that I can't quite get around. Uh, Iowa State goes up by three after just a dismal way for Baylor to close the half. You're hoping that Scott Drew can rally the troops at halftime and Actually, the opposite happened. Iowa State outscores Baylor by double digits in the second half. Comes home with a 15-point win. That was embarrassing. I think it's a good way to put it because down the stretch, Baylor just didn't really make things close. The last 10 minutes of the game, you're like, all right, Iowa State's going to win this game. I thought there would be one of those Baylor moments where the Bears go on the run, they get within three or four points, and then, bam, punch you in the mouth and maybe close it, maybe lose tight, but at least you're competitive. No. No. This game just wasn't competitive. Adam Flagler in the first half was a star. He had 18 points in the first half of Baylor's 31. He was the team. Keontae George, on the other hand, had one point in the first half. So when you're missing LJ Cryer, you need somebody else to step up. I thought it was going to be George. No, he had one point in the first half. Second half, I'm not sure what conversation was had in the locker room, but Keontae comes back out, has 15 points in the last 20 minutes alone. Adam Flagler has two points. So they just flip roles in the first half and the second half. And there was never a moment where multiple Baylor players on the floor were clicking at any single point in time. Flo Thamba only logs 22 minutes. Jalen Bridges had 28 minutes of what I thought was really good basketball. He was a bright spot. Six for 10. Uh, had 12 points, two for the Bears and four rebounds. But 
Keontae George, five turnovers, shot two for nine from deep, five for 18 overall. Just an uncharacteristically bad game from a guy that we have been talking about on this show plays to his competition. You expect the guy uh, at this point in the year to play to his competition because that's what he has shown you. Against your Northwestern states, he might not go off, but against a Gonzaga, he could be the spark that helps Baylor keep in a game or win a game. Overall, in the box score for these two teams, also Caleb Grill, who I feel like is 150 years old at this point. He's probably only 19, had 18 points for Baylor. Um, five for 22 from behind the arc, 23%. Is that good? No. If you're not a basketball person, it's not good. 19 turnovers, that good. Also, no. Seven assists. Baylor had seven assists for the entire game on 20 field goals. Iowa State had 17 assists. Is seven assists good? No. 38% shooting from the floor as well. They did out-rebound Iowa State 32-30. to Scott Drew has made it a big point to go get rebounds and be better at rebounding. They did that. And they subsequently lost by 15 points on the road. So what does that mean for this team moving forward? What does that mean in conference play? How do how do you bring any positive bright spots out of this? Well, I'll tell you, because I'm happy to get to the good news right after I tell you about LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is the spot to go if you are a small business or you're a business owner, you're a hiring manager, you are just Joe Schmo. I have been Joe Schmo before, and you want to hire Joe Schmo Miniature to work at your job, LinkedIn Talent Solutions is the way to do it. I have been applying for jobs because I graduate in May through LinkedIn, actually. And this Talent Solutions is a really good way to get involved, get connected, and find the right hire for you. Right now, you can go find the qualified candidates by clicking the hashtag purple hiring frame. That whole hiring frame is going to hook you up. 875 profiles exist on LinkedIn currently. Find the right one out of the 875 for you or hire all, all 875 million if you'd like to. I, that's your prerogative. Identify the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen them with questions as well. They're number one against leading competitors per small businesses. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash College. LinkedIn.com slash College. Terms and conditions do apply. All right. The good news, um, there's not, you know, when I said good news, I probably should have said like, okay news, better than bad news on this game. Because again, not a lot of bright spots coming out for Scott Drew and the Bears. I ask myself the same thing I'm asking with the football program right now. Joey McGuire going to Texas Tech was a blow that Baylor felt in recruiting. Blow that Baylor felt on the field as well. You see how good Texas Tech is. Jerome Tang was a blow to Baylor men's basketball. I don't know if you've seen it as much on the recruiting side yet, but certainly to the playing side. Like, I don't, I don't, maybe it's just me, but I don't usually see these things as a coincidence when a coach leaves and a team is not performing as well in a certain area. Baylor's defense has just not performed as well. Maybe it has nothing to do with Jerome Tang, but like, I mean, there's evidence there that something's not clicking right now for Baylor men's basketball. And one of the biggest differences between this year and last year is the lack of Jerome Tang, who, as we look around the conference, got the 82 to 76 win against West Virginia, number 24, West Virginia in Manhattan. I think the maybe the part that hurts me the most about this is that West Virginia trailed at half in the game, 32 or Kansas State, I'm sorry, trailed at half in the game, 32 to 21. They had an 11 point deficit against West Virginia. Top 25 team, first Big 12 game. You think, okay, this is the part of the show where Kansas State could just roll over. 
No. They came back, scored 45 in the second half, held West Virginia to 34, took it to OT and won 16 to 10. I don't like, where was that fight from Baylor? Where was the fight? Kansas State's playing a top 25 team. Baylor's playing an unranked but still good Iowa State team. And Kansas State, Jerome Tang fought all the way back. Baylor was late in the game non-competitive. The rest of the Big 12, TCU, they were down at halftime, 37-26. They could roll over against a salty Texas Tech team at home. Final score, TCU 67-61. They didn't roll over. Where was that from Baylor? Texas. Texas was down to OU by four at halftime, down to OU at the Lloyd Noble Center in Norman for most of the game. Final score, Texas 70, Oklahoma 69. It gets better. Oklahoma State 45, Kansas 30 at halftime at Allen Fieldhouse. In the second half, Kansas scores 39. Oklahoma State scores 22. Kansas wins 69-67. Where was that fight back from Baylor? None of these teams gave up. They stayed in the game, and none of them were blowouts because the team that was down but favored in most of these games found a way, in all of these games, found a way to come back and win it. But Baylor sunk late. And what have we talked about all season long is the depth of the Bears. The depth of the Bears is going to keep them in every game. They'll never get blown out. They've now been blown out by a couple different teams, Marquette and Iowa State, two teams that shouldn't be blowing Baylor out. I told you I'd give you the good news. That None of that was good news. There is LJ Cryer missed the game. That is not the good news. Uh, the fact that he's in concussion protocol, also not the good news. But he didn't play. So is he the difference in 15 points? Actually, he could be. He he really, really could be because his scoring is vital to this team. His energy is vital to this team. His defense at this point in the juncture can also be vital to Baylor. So the lack of LJ Cryer was a factor in why this game went the way that it went. I truly believe that. Do I think, like, on the one hand, you can make that excuse that LJ Cryer didn't play in this game. He was hurt. So that's why Baylor lost so badly. On the other hand, if LJ Cryer goes down, God forbid, does that mean that Baylor's just not going to be a very good basketball team? I don't think that should be the case with Keontae George and Adam Flagler and Dale Bonner. Um, I'm I'm going to ask, like, where were some of those guys? Dale Bonner only had four points. He played 30 minutes and had four points as 0 for 2 from deep. You had Langston Love playing 21 minutes with zero points. Caleb Lohner had three points. Josh Ojanwuna had two points on that aforementioned dunk. Didn't score in the second half. Played 17 minutes in the game. None of those. Flo Thamba had five points. None of those are very good. None of those are good. So you need LJ Flagler, LJ Cryer back, obviously. Adam Flagler, Keontae George for the most part. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep scoring the team's points, almost all of them. And everyone else, I don't know. I don't know. Again, Jalen Bridges, you were great. You were really, really good. And you've gotten a lot better. Your last few games have been great. But as Jalen Bridges is doing better, it feels like Caleb Lohner is not. And I I don't know what to do with this team. I don't know what to do with this team. The, things could be worse. This guy's not falling. UNC keeps losing. They're a preseason number one, and they keep losing. But we've talked about Baylor's depth. And when Baylor's depth doesn't show up, that's going to be a problem. The bench players in this game for Baylor scored five points. That is as many fingers as I have. All, all together, I'm from Arkansas. So both hands combined. Five points for the whole bench. I don't know, man. I don't. The bench took six shots. Six shots. Yep. 
Langston Love took three. Josh Ojewuna took one. He was one for one. Caleb Lohner took two. And this team got killed at Iowa State. There was no depth. There was no depth. Bring me back LJ Cryer. Let him be a spark. Let him score a ton of points. That's that's it. That's the good news. LJ Cryer's coming back. Baylor plays TCU on Wednesday in Waco. That please win that game. You should win that game. TCU beat Texas Tech, which surprised me. And they've been a lot better, but also they are statistically, there are metrics for this, the luckiest, number one luckiest team in college basketball. Make their luck run out against you in Waco. You're playing at home against TCU. There's your good news. If Baylor's playing Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse on Wednesday, there would be no good news. But there's your good news. There's your good news. It's TCU. Should be a win. Show up. LJ Cryer, please play. Please. Training staff, if he can't play, don't let him play, though. You know that. Scott Drew um, had a post-game press conference after the game. And my fa- I think my favorite post-game press conferences are ones that come after losses because coaches are usually transparent. Scott Drew being included. I always like to hear what they have to say after these because like, you just got drubbed, guys. How do you respond from that? Go- Coach, how do you respond? Oh, wait, first, betonline.net. Number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. I don't know if you knew this. My girlfriend goes to TCU. Yeah, I've never mentioned that to anyone that listens to this show. And in the wake of that, I bet $50, $50 legally on TCU, because the state that I'm in, on TCU to beat Michigan. I don't know if you saw this, but TCU did beat Michigan. They're going to the national championship, which sucks. That was a payout of like 127 bucks. That was awesome. Thanks to betonline.net. All kinds of basketball going on right now. Bowl games that are going on right now. Other assorted national championship games that may or may not include teams in the Big 12. Those are going on right now. Go on Bet Online and do some safe wagering. You can find all of that on their site, mobile device, to learn more right now. Bet Online is where the game starts. Scott Drew, take it away. Oh. Well, the best thing I saw all day was uh, Nick Joes. He's an unbelievable man and uh, uh, did a great job for our program. So. Um, as far as uh, uh, the uh, typical Big 12 game, uh, hard fought, uh, game of runs. I thought we, we did a good job first half and then into the half losing the momentum hurt us. And then second half, uh, um, we didn't start out great and uh, I got to do a better job putting us offensively better positions to start the second half. And then I thought uh, 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 we did a bad job getting to – uh, Gabe and, and Caleb, and they really hurt us. And coming in, obviously, we knew we wanted to make things tougher on them, and we didn't. And uh, they did a good job getting open and getting shots. And Scott, after a good run defensively the last four games, what do you kind of feel like didn't go so well today? Well, I think, uh, I mean, they shot 50%. We had 19 turnovers. Um, so, uh, those those two areas you're not gonna. I don't even need to look at anything else. You can't have seven assists, 19 turnovers, and let the team sh- other team shoot 50 percent and 44 percent from three and win. So, um, a lot of things uh, we got to do better than uh, better. And, uh, again, uh, this is a Big 12. You're playing uh, NCAA tournament teams, and uh, it's a good growing experience. We had uh, uh, a lot of guys out there that it's their first time playing in the Big 12, and it's different. Scott, over here. Um, for the second straight year, Iowa State's playing with a true freshman point guard. Can you talk a little bit about Taman Lipsy and, and your thoughts on him today? Yeah, I think uh, uh, any freshman that plays in this league's got to be special because uh, uh, you're not going to play a freshman and win if they're not special. And I think the best thing he does is take care of the basketball. 
Um, he's tremendous um, and uh, done turn it over and, and gets his shooter shots. And then the other thing is defensively, he's really, really good for a freshman. So TJ's done a great job identifying uh, a really good point guards. Um, and that's why they've been able to play as freshmen. Scott, when they shoot it like that from three, does that put your whole defense kind of off schedule from what you want to do? Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't give up uh, 10 for 23 and 50% from the field and win in this league, uh, especially if you turn it over 19 times. So um, we got to play a lot better to even give ourselves a chance. But uh, uh, again, they had to make those shots. Some of them were tough. Uh, some of them uh, uh, we didn't contest enough. And it, we just want to control what we can control. And, and giving them open shots is not what we needed, uh, especially two guys that are capable of getting hot like that. And Adam, looked like you took kind of a hard fall at the end of the game. Are you feeling OK right now? Yeah, I'll be fine. You know, um, you know Dave. Our trainer did a great job analyzing me and everything, and um, it's just a little sore, but I'll be fine. It's a Big 12 play. I've been through it, so I'll be ready for uh, TCU. And Adam, kind of what sticks out about how the offense didn't have maybe its best start to open in the second half today? Uh, credit to Iowa State. You know, they're a high-level defense. I think they're number one in uh, our conference, and uh, we knew that. We just got to do better, take care of the ball, um, finishing plays. You know, we've had a, a couple of dub downs that we just didn't finish, um, knocking down shots all around. So, you know, credit to them. They're high-level team, well-coached, and uh, – so we just got to be better. And Scott, we don't see the concussion protocol a lot in basketball. What's kind of the process that LJ has to clear to be able to come back? And uh, once once Dave says he's good to go, my job's pretty easy. It's play him if he clears him, or can't play him if he doesn't. So um, I know we trust the process. Thank you, guys. Thank you. If we turn it over again, I'd have had a concussion protocol. <laughs> that was Scott Drew. Could be could be more sad. That's good. Scott Scott's tough to break, man. It's a tough cookie to break. And Baylor right now is tied for last place in the Big Twelve, and that's not good. Every other team that was favored won, and every other team that was favored won via a comeback. Not Baylor. I don't want to say they gave up, but they didn't have enough to beat Iowa State. The effort wasn't enough to beat Iowa State. And Baylor lost. I don't think they lost to a better team. I don't think Iowa State's a better team. So something in the effort, something in maybe the air, Hilton Magic, didn't go Baylor's way, and that's not very cool. Oh, you know what is cool? Transfer portal quarterbacks. Come back tomorrow. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about football. We'll talk about football. We'll talk about Baylor's opportunity to get transfer portal quarterbacks, who they could get. I am ready for one. I want one. Please give me a quarterback sooner than later on Locked on. Thank you for making it your first lesson every single day. Baylor!